You're listening to a podcast of the Sunday morning message from Grace Christian Church in the city of Cork on the beautiful south coast of Ireland. We hope and pray that it will be a blessing to you. Well, it's just over a week to Christmas and I'm going to talk today about what happens when we're at home for Christmas. So welcome to Cafe Church. Good to have you uh, tuned in. I hope you were all dancing as well while that song was playing. Maybe you were, maybe you weren't. But we're going to look at what it means to be home for Christmas. We're told that you and I, most of us, from Christmas Eve to New Year's Eve that week, that we spend more time at home indoors, usually with a family, uh, than the rest of the year. So you've got a whole load of family time squeezed in to one week. I appreciate some people have to work, but the kids are off school, the colleges are closed, most offices are closed, so a lot of people are off work, off school, we're at home. What's going to happen in your home this Christmas? Do you have any vision about what your family or your friends, what your marriage will be like coming into the new year, having spent time at home for Christmas. So that's what I'm talking about today. And I want to, I guess, try and engender a little bit of vision in your heart and soul as to uh, what way your family is going to go. Because otherwise we'll just stumble through the Christmas season, eat too much, watch too much telly, how about God does a great move in your home and your family this Christmas? Would anyone like that? I think we would. You wouldn't be uh, in a church on a Sunday just before Christmas unless you took your faith seriously. So that's my prayer and that's what I'm going to talk about today. So Heavenly Father, bless us as we feast on your word right now and help us to take it home with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. The very essence of the nativity narrative, or the Christmas story, if you will, is all about home. Because we know that in Matthew 1.20, the Lord said to Joseph, Don't be afraid. Take Mary home to be your wife, because this is of the Holy Spirit. So the essence of the Christmas story of the incarnation is that Joseph was told by the Holy Spirit, bring the work of God into your home. Bring the miracle into where you live. And that essence of the Christmas story should be our story for the Christmas of 2018 that you and I bring into our homes, into our kitchens, into our bedrooms, into our sitting rooms, something of the work of God, something of the miracle that God has begun in your life and in my life. Anyone know this old Irish saying? Anybody who's not from Ireland able to, willing to give this a go and pronounce it? Come on, anyone brave? We'll even break it into three bits. First of all, who'll translate it? There's no fireplace like your own fireplace. In other words, as Juvie said there, there's no place like home. 
It's a great old Irish saying, and most kids in school here, you grow up learning these sayings. Would anyone be willing to say it, but you, you can't be Irish? Come up here and say it. Anybody brave enough this morning? Come on. But you weren't educated in Ireland. Otto, give this man a round of applause. Well done, Otto. So Otto speaks a very difficult language called Hungarian. So this should be easy. So you take the microphone. So we'll break it into three bits. Nilain Tintan. Nilain Tintan. Marda Hintan. Marda Hintan. Fain. Oh, that deserves a round of applause. Well done, Otto. Nilain Tintan, Marda Hintan, Fain. You see, the whole essence of Irish culture is about protecting your family and having a good time when you're at home. And because this is an island and we're facing the Atlantic and in the middle of winter it gets dark and windy and wet and cold, life moves indoors. Praise God for the great summer and we were out in our gardens and out on the beach. But this is the time of year when we're at home. But when you are indoors, we interact with each other more. We can't hide from each other as much as during the summer. And so we're going to start talking and interacting with each other. And so my prayer for you today is that you have a little bit of a vision that instead of this turning into fights, and I have seen so many families over the Christmas, between Christmas and New Year, marriages go on the rocks because of fighting, kids falling out with the parents, parents falling out with the kids, hassle and tension in the family, that instead of that happening, that we wouldn't just have a bit of a vision for our home, that that wouldn't happen, but that we would be on the offensive, not just on the defensive. That we would be praying for breakthroughs and miracles and a work of God in our families this Christmas. You might be in the blessed position and you might say, well, all my family are Christian. Hallelujah. But maybe someone needs healing around your table. God can heal this Christmas in your home. Maybe someone has a broken heart. God heals broken hearts. Hallelujah. But more than likely, there's someone in your family who isn't right with God or who has never made their peace with God. Wouldn't it be wonderful that between Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, the people you loved made their peace with God? Hallelujah. There's so much that could happen. I, I want to share um, an unusual scripture that you would never associate with Christmas, but I sense the Holy Spirit is in this. And it's set in the Old Testament. And it's all about, in 2 Samuel 6, when the Ark of the Covenant was moved. Now this was, as you can see on the screen, if you could throw it up in Cafe Church, guys, and then we're going to have the scripture verses. This was like a golden box, and in this was the Ten Commandments and some other items. And it was in the Old Testament where God's presence could be felt. So in the tent of meeting, later on the temple, the closer you physically got, you would sense there's something of God going on here. You would feel the power of God. You would know there's a supernatural dynamic happening here. And as they would go into the temple, into the outer courts, and then depending who you are, you'd go to the inner court. And if you were the high priest, you would go into the Holy of Holies. You would be overwhelmed and 
deeply touched by the presence of God. But what we're going to look at today is when they were moving it, it had been in different places. Even at one time, the enemy had captured God's presence. Happens in your life and my life sometimes. The enemy will take the presence of God from you. So the Philistines had it. But they had captured Jerusalem and they were bringing the Ark of the Covenant to Jerusalem. Eventually a temple would be built, but they were bringing up for what they called the Tent of Meeting. It was, it was like a church, if you will, where they would gather or a building where this would be kept. So we're just going to dive in and see what happens. So let's have a look at it. King David went with 30,000 men of Israel to bring the Ark of the Covenant up to the tent of meeting in Jerusalem. So they put it on a brand new cart and they sang with rejoicing along the way. But Uzzah put his hand on the Ark, even though this was forbidden. And so the Lord was angry with him and he died in that place. So the only people who could touch the ark were certain the tribe of Levi and, and they had to have the right attitude and so on. And you might think this is strange, but this guy Uzzah put out his hand because the cart was wobbling and he was struck dead. J just remember, God is a God of love, but he's also a God we must fear. Anyone say amen? Because not only do you see this in the Old Testament, you see it in the New Testament. In the wonderful, heady days of miracles and tongues and healing, a couple called Ananias and Sapphira were playing a game with hypocrisy. And we're told the Holy Spirit struck them dead in a meeting, something like this. So there's a place where we need to have a healthy awe of God's power. Amen. Hallelujah. So... David, the king, who had a heart after God's heart, they were doing the right thing. They wanted to move the Ark of Covenant into Jerusalem. That's where it should be. But something happened on the journey. Death happened on the journey. And none of us ever know what a new year brings. And none of us can ever figure out what and when something will happen. But this happened, and because of that, it goes on, next slide, Cafe Church. Because of that, King David was in fear of God, and he wasn't willing to continue with the journey to Jerusalem. So they took the Ark of the Covenant, and they left it into the house of Obed-Edom nearby for three months. And because of that, the Lord abundantly blessed Obed-Edom's home and family. Hallelujah. And because of that. So David wasn't willing to continue with the journey. This was a major setback. So they stopped where all of this happened. And just by there was this guy's house. And so, as you just read, verse 11 because the Ark of the Covenant was left to rest within the home of this man, because the presence of God came into his house, into his home, in with his family, because God was in that place, he and all his family and his home were blessed. Now, the Bible doesn't record this just 
from some legalistic reason. This is because it was evident to everyone around. There's something different in that family. There is something powerful going on with that family. We don't know his wife's name, but I bet you she was blessed, amen? And his sons and his daughters and the home. And it wasn't just their health, their spiritual health, their physical health, their relational health. It was probably their financial situation. The favor they had with everyone, something powerful happened because God stopped into their home. I have a question. Is this because of coincidence or God incidents? Was this because of chance or design? Do you think the Lord just said, whose house is nearby? Oh, it's that guy's house. Let's bless him. Was it by chance that David stopped bringing the Ark of the Covenant right outside this man's house? I don't believe in chance. I don't believe in coincidence. The Bible doesn't teach that. What happened was all according to God's pattern. See, there's a pattern for your future. I'm going to be looking at it on New Year's Eve. And part of the pattern, the plan for this man's life, for his family's life, was that God would come into his home and bless him abundantly for a whole season. For a whole season. It wasn't a lucky throw of the dice. It was part of God's perfect plan. Because Obed-Edom would have been in a right place. He wasn't some chancer. He wasn't some gangster. Something good had already been happening in this man's heart and within the family. And that's why God came into their home and blessed them. We know that Proverbs 3.33 tells us the Lord's curse, curse is on the home of the wicked but he will bless the home of the righteous. I've seen it again and again over the years. I grew up with some people. I went to school with guys. And honestly, they were wicked. They were wicked. They would lie to you. They would rob from you. They would take away your good name and your character. They would stab you in the back. And when I look at them over the years... All I can say, it's like their lives were cursed. There was nothing good came upon them. In Cork, the old people had a word for it. They had no luck from the bad money they made. That was one of the old Cork sayings. God's curse is on the home of the wicked, but he will bless the home of the righteous. Obed-Edom was a righteous man. And so he came into this whole season of three months of blessing because his heart was in the right place. And we today, guys, have the position so that our hearts are in the right place before we enter in to being home for Christmas. So how can you and I prepare for this? What way should our families be? Let me just give you a couple of pointers. Going from the preaching of the blessing in Obed-Edom's home just into a tiny bit of teaching. What about married couples? 1 Corinthians 14, 35. Let spiritual questions be discussed by couples at home. Here's a challenge. How many marriages here talk about the things of God at home? If you never talk about God within your marriage, if he never comes into it, if you never talk about the scripture or about how God is moving or about how God is blessing, if you never talk about it, 
Do you really think God is going to show up in your home this Christmas and bless you abundantly? It starts with mum and dad. Would anyone say amen? Your children will only do what they see you doing. It's a fact. Our kids will ape us sooner or later. They might rebel for a bit, but sooner or later, if you're, if you're honest, your kids are probably going to turn out honest and so on. But it begins within the couple. Let spiritual questions be discussed by couples at home. What about with the children? Well, it's with the kids too. Deuteronomy 6, 7. Talk about the Lord with your kids around the table. Hallelujah. How will our children ever know if you and I as parents don't talk about the Lord to them? Now, it goes the opposite way as well. I can remember my mum and dad never spoke about God at home. And my sister and I would start talking about God at the table. So you, it works both ways. And, and, you know, eventually my mother became a believer, praise God. But we need to have our conversations. Don't just be talking about Nike or Gucci or whatever you're into. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things. But are you that shallow? Loads of people are going, yeah. <laughs> Do you not think there's a bit more going on in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul than stuff? Is there? Anyone say amen? amen. There's more to life than gifts. Gifts are lovely. I'm not speaking against them. But talk about the Lord around the table. I bet you Obed-Edom didn't suddenly go from never talking about the Lord to suddenly talking about the Lord because the Ark of the Covenant came into his home. Oh no, this would already have been happening anyway, guys. So the home if you will, the soil was prepared. I love gardening. And if I'm going to plant anything, if we're going to do anything, we prepared the soil. We put in the fertilizer and the moss peat and we water it and make sure the soil is ready so that the seed can be germinated. It's the same spiritually that our homes, our families are in this place. I love what the prophet Isaiah says in 32:18. My people will live in peaceful homes, secure and undisturbed. Amen. I want my family and my home between New Year's, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve to be peaceful, secure and undisturbed. Amen. My prayer is that our relationships will get stronger because I'm really trying? No, because the blessing of God is on my home. I'm going to pray that every member of my family has a touch from God in their heart around the table. And it's not because the turkey is really succulent. It's because the Holy Spirit is moving. I'm going to pray that none of us will get sick. And I'm going to pray that we will be more in love with the living God at the end of this season than we were at the start. Peaceful homes, secure and undisturbed. Let me read a couple of verses just from the Bible. I will turn the heart of the father towards the children. Malachi 4 verse 6. Hallelujah. So many dads don't have a big grow or love for their kids, but God said, I turn their hearts towards the children. That can happen in your home and my home this Christmas. Psalm 68, 6. I will set the lonely in families. 
Hallelujah. Maybe you're feeling a bit left out and you're saying, well, I don't have a family. Well, God will set you in a family. It might be blood and it mightn't be blood. It might be people that you're not physically connected with, but they can be closer to you than any one in your real family. Or friends can be even better than family at times. Or Joel 2.25, you know this one. I will restore to you, the Lord says, the years that the locusts have eaten. There is so much that God can do in our homes this Christmas. Let me conclude. I've tried to keep it short. Michael told me he'll be odd with me if I don't keep it short. And you don't want to be working in an office when a fella has a, 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 you know, a puss in his face. Like, you know, it's just a terrible tension enters in. So I'm going to try and keep it short. But let me conclude with this. We go on holidays to France a lot of summers. And nearby where we stay is... I don't know what you'd call it. It's a chateau, but it's like experimental agriculture. And you can walk through this area. And they got, they've all different types of sheep and goats. But during the summer, I was walking in there. And I tend to walk and pray at the same time. It's how I do a lot of my praying. And as I was walking through this area, I saw a big flock of sheep. But every one of the sheep was black. They were all black sheep. I kind of saw it and it went out of my head. But during the week, I sound like Martin Luther King. I'm not faking it. Forgive me. But I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream. I really did have a dream. And in the dream, I saw so many people here, including many faces I'm looking at right now. And it's like everyone was a black sheep. Do you know what I mean by that? We, we have a thing where it's like, well, there's always a black sheep in every family. And there is, isn't there? Most families have a black sheep. If English isn't your first language, that just means every family has one brother, sister, son, daughter, aunt, cousin, whatever, who's kind of not like the rest and causes a bit of trouble. But when I had a dream about that walk I had in France six months earlier with all the black sheep, I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, I'm just going to wash the color away. It's like there's no more black sheep because you're all the same. It's not that everyone is a troublemaker. It's like it's just not a live issue anymore. You know, when the Holy Spirit was poured out in 1906 in a place called Azusa Street in Los Angeles, California, and the power of God was so poured out in that revival, they had a service, a meeting that went on for years. And it was where the color bar was really first broken because black people and white people were worshipping together. They didn't care about the color of one another's skins. They cared about the power of God that was poured out. They were falling in love with Jesus. And someone said back then, there was a journalist wrote in a newspaper that this was the first time they saw the color bar, they was call it, breaking down. And when they asked the people there, they all said the same thing. The blood of Jesus is our color, and he just washes away all the difference. I prophesy the blood of Jesus will wash away the black sheep in your family this Christmas. It's as if we're all black sheep or we're all white sheep. Wouldn't that be a wonderful way for God to move in your family this Christmas? Because you're probably not going to... If I said, how many people here have a black sheep in their family? And we... 
call them up by name, John, Mary. You're not going to do that. We're all kind of, well, the Irish anyway won't do it. Maybe some of the other, there's no black sheep in Ireland. Yeah, oh yeah, there is, but we won't say it. So I'm not going to say, say a person, but everyone knows someone in the family who's a little bit out of kilter to everyone else. And it causes tension, and sometimes it causes heartache and real pain. And sometimes people's hearts are broken and they're really hurt. But may the living God in your home this Christmas, may your home be like the home of Obed-Edom. And this is not chance and lady luck. This is intentional blessing of God. May the Ark of the Covenant come into your home for the season ahead. May your family be blessed. May there be no more black sheep because there's no difference. We're all the same. That's, that issue is gone and dealt with. May God's power be poured out in your home. Instead of us all bickering and fighting and marriages on the rocks and teenagers walking off with moods. That, well, that never happens. You know. Instead of all that hassle, we're not just going to pray that it won't happen. We're going to pray great blessing. May our conversations be about the miracles of God. May there be a spontaneous breakout of the Holy Spirit healing as you sit around the table in your body, in the body of the people in your family. May God deliver you from darkness. Deliver me. I have faith to believe that when I go home this Christmas, for that week when we're all scooped up, maybe the weather will be fine. Maybe it'll be raining for seven days. Mm, this is Ireland. And you can't go out and you get cabin fever. Do you ever get that? Michael is the only one. Whoa, Michael, you're a really restless person. <laughs> whatever way the weather is, whatever way it goes, may the pattern of God break out in your life. May his will come to pass. So we're going to pray that the Holy Spirit would drench and saturate your home. That your children that your teenagers, that your mother, that your father, that your husband, that your wife, that your friends, maybe you're in a house share and you don't have mother, father, but you're going to be with someone. Most of us are. May God break out in a mighty way. May our homes be like the homes of Obed-Edom. Praise God for presence in Turkey and all of that, but we want the real blessing because that's what's going to make the difference. Band, would you come up? We're going to sing that beautiful song. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Amen. Let's pray that that song is true for your home over Christmas. That you will say, at my table, in my front room, in my kitchen, in my bedroom, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. May God bless us this Christmas. Let's stand. We'll sing the song and then we'll pray. And just as you're preparing, who'll be with you this Christmas? who won't be with you. May God's presence break out. And it's like the Ark of the Covenant is in the heart of your home. And such is God's move that he can't but bless us and bless us all. You're representing your family or your house share people here. So we're going to pray. Let's sing it and sing it with a thought of your home this Christmas. There's nothing worth more that can ever come close 
with God in the moments we have left. Come right up to the top. As those people are coming up to the top, just keep making your way, guys. I want everyone else just to consider and reflect. Do you want God's blessing to come into your home this Christmas time? I'm sure the answer is yes to most of us. But guys, this isn't just a lazy, half-hearted thing. You have to really pray that God will do this. So I want you to be thinking it, but I want everyone here who's up here now. Can you lift your hands, guys, and whatever that situation or the person is, let's call it what it is, the black sheep thing. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone else. We're just going to pray now. Jesus, we bring that person. We name him. We name her in our hearts. And Father, this holiday season, we pray you would wash away any color difference Lord any difference between a black sheep or a white sheep we pray the tension would go in Jesus name we'll say amen we pray for a change of heart deep in their souls beginning in this very second we'll say amen you are the God who is not confined to geography so break through now Lord let someone a man or a woman of interact with them far away from us and let it happen and begin happening now lord we pray you prepare our hearts that we would have a gracious attitude we can say amen can you put your hand over your heart father we pray that 
attitude would be like the attitude of Christ. That you would give us the ability to overlook an offense. Amen. That you would give us wisdom when we need to be silent. Can you say amen? But give us the courage to speak when we need to speak. Amen. Lord, we love the person we're praying for. So help us to be prepared now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord is saying he's going to change someone who's praying for their mother here today. God wants to change a mother's heart. It's not a father, it's a mother. Can everyone close their eyes on stage, off stage? Let's just give presents. You're praying for your mom because there's something wrong and you know there's something wrong in her attitude with total privacy. Is there anyone here praying that prayer? I want you to slip up your hand. Okay, okay. hands here you can take your hands down guys come Holy Spirit and change these five mothers whatever's going on in their minds and in their hearts would you break into their hearts now and may the love of Jesus Christ begin to change them we'll say amen we pray now Lord that something wonderful would happen over Christmas and that we would be in a position to respond to the work you're going to do. Give us faith to believe and let our prayers be for them. May the change start now in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you guys to stay where you are. Is there anyone wants to pray? Maybe not a black sheep thing going on, but you want to pray. Oh God, I want to be like Obed-Edom for the next season. That is my prayer. I want the Ark of the Covenant coming to my house. God's presence would be in my house. God's blessing would be on my family. If you want to pray that, I want you to lift up your hands. If you don't want to pray it, that's fine. No one is judging anyone. So as you lift up your hands, you're thinking about your family, who you live with, and you're thinking about the dynamic around your table. And so we ask you now, Lord Jesus, that after Christmas Eve and before New Year's Eve, does all the food and the telly and the hanging out that something wonderful would happen in our home father we prepare ourselves we will start talking about you we will start praying for you we will start thinking about you and lord would your blessing rest in my home in my family i pray an outbreak of salvation in jesus name I pray an outbreak of healing of bodies in Jesus' name. Healing of minds. Healing of hearts. Oh God, let your blessing be upon our home. Remember, oh God, on the 16th of December when so many people are running around shopping, we came into the house of God. Remember this fact, Lord. We came into your house on Sunday the 16th of December and when we could have been busy doing a million other things we took time to pray so Father in heaven let favor come upon our families come upon our households 
and may miracles begin to happen. May this Christmas be like no other Christmas because Jesus was in the house. God was moving in power and the blessing rested upon us. May we enter the new year under the sunshine of your blessing. In Jesus' name, God's people said, praise God. Let's sing the song as we go back to our seats. Let's take the last three minutes we have to sing this as a prayer for our homes over Christmas. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in my God's word. May God bless you for it. Thank you. We're serving coffee and tea upstairs if you have the time to join us. If not, maybe we'll see you next Sunday. The band are going to play us out. May your home be blessed this Christmas.